even in the New Testament, I don't think you'll be able to find Jesus saying, I am God anywhere. I think the closest you can get is Revelation 1, where he says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. But even that, even if you look at the red portion of writing, I mean, that was done by man. Well, <laughs> he seems to uh, say, well, yeah, that's a very clear verse saying Jesus is God, right? Because that's clearly talking about Yahweh in the Old Testament being the Alpha and Omega. But uh, man wrote that because it's in red letters. <laughs> so you you can't even allow Jesus' own words to engage because you dismiss it. Because, but it seems because it seems like he's saying, yeah, that's a clear indication that Jesus is saying he's God. All things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta get doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at All Things Theology. Yo, grace and peace, grace and peace. Welcome back to an episode of All Things Theology where I'm your host, K-Dub, and today I have a great show lined up for the podcast if you're watching right now on youtube make sure you like this video subscribe to the channel and click the notification bell for future episodes today whew, let me catch my breath <laughs> today i want to talk about brandon tatum yes brandon tatum um let, let me first start saying this that i do respect brandon uh brandon tatum a lot for his political views a lot of his takes on social commentary i enjoy we would agree a lot when it comes to that but I have a bone to pick, and I say that in tongue in cheek, uh, being trying to be as open and honest as I can, but also fair to him. I would love more so to have a sit down with him. Hey, if he's watching this video, if he would like to have a discussion, I'd be more than willing. I know he's had discussions in the past with people who uh, affirm the Trinity, who believe Jesus is God. But my bone to pick with him is obviously I just said it, um, his theological views. And so, like I said, we agree socially, politically a lot. But theologically is one of one of my main issues of concerns. And so uh, someone passed along a video and they were saying, hey, you should respond to this. He's saying some um, <laughs> theologically, historically inaccurate things. And I took a look and I was like, wow, OK, I think it'd be good. Uh, I consider myself someone rational and, and that would be mild mannered if he would like to have a conversation I have other videos uh, demonstrating that. So he's not going to get me just calling him the big mean bad guy. And I think I don't think he will really care. I see he, he can he can handle himself. And so but I just say that just to say, hey, I'm someone who's had these conversations and would have it in a respectful manner. Nevertheless, I'll be straightforward and honest as, as possible. But without further ado, let's get into the video. And for full disclosure, I chopped the video up, not taking anything out of context but always just to get to things faster and um, specific things that I wanted to address. So let's go. Heretic. Really makes they, sense. They, call me a, they call me a heretic because I have questions about the doctrine of the Trinity. I don't well, uh, Brandon, to be fair, that's not why. I mean, you know, anybody who questions the doctrine, we don't say they're a uh, heretic. But to be more uh, specific, you deny the trinity that's why it's not like you're like well how does this make sense like you're in some neutral position you you deny the trinity you deny the deity of christ so i, I think you should be a little bit more honest and full disclosure there that it's just not questions you have you full out reject this stuff questions about jesus i don't have a question about the father i don't have a question about the holy spirit i don't have a question about none of that i have questions about the doctrine that modern christianity calls 
this uh, trinity. And the trinity isn't a modern invention, even as you admit it. It goes back to, even if you want to say someone with the label uh, Tertullian, which is third century. So uh, that's that's not modern. That's <laughs> it's very ancient. That's very near the apostles, even from the terminology. Obviously, I would say conceptually. Um, it goes back to the apostles, but we'll get into that. But even from the term Trinity, it's very early in the uh, church history. So I don't know how you can claim that the Trinity is modern. Call God uh, three persons and, and stuff like that. And I, 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 I did research on the history of the foundation of the terminology and all the stuff. And I, and I say, it's kind of bizarre that Christians, and this is just my opinion. I'm not here. I have people tell, call me a heretic. I won't call anybody a heretic. I don't, I don't know where you stand with it. People are still learning. Brandon, are there any doctrinal positions that some one person holds that you would say, hey, this is if you hold to this, you, you are in heresy. You say you're not willing to call anyone a heretic. Uh, why not? Biblically speaking, is there a doctrines of beliefs that if one holds, they're in danger of a condemnation I, I would be very interested to to know what you believe on that obviously I, I don't know what you believe that's why I'm uh, I'm asking questions and if I do that if you listen to this Brandon I ask questions oftentimes because I, I don't know you know I'm, I don't want to assume so I'll, I'll ask the question you know I, I there's very clearly biblically speaking things if you hold to is under condemnation uh, justification by faith and works if you hold to that uh, Galatians one, you're under the condemnation of, uh, you're under the anathema of God. <clears throat> so there's clearly things that places you in a heretic position if you embrace heresy. And so, yeah. But I find it very interesting that people are saying things that I've never read in the Bible. Like, I mean, I read them in rhetoric. I read it from people who go to seminary school, but I have never read some of these things in the Bible. I know people extrapolate what they want by picking and choosing certain scriptures that meet what they wanted to say. But like when you read the scripture, I don't think anybody um, heard of any concept of three persons of God. Yeah. Or, Absolutely. Sure. You will. Um, <clears throat> let me explain very clearly. The Bible teaches that the father is God. The son is God. Um, that the spirit is God. Uh, and the Bible teaches that they are distinct from each other. You know, okay, you don't want to call it Trinity? Fine, that's fire. Whatever, that's, <laughs> you know. But that's that's what the Bible's teaching. That's what the Trinity is. And I don't know who this guy is on, so he's going to do some speaking as well in this video, and I'll respond to some of the things he says, but I, I don't know him personally. But if he would like to dialogue as well, I'd be more than willing to do that as well for him. You know, stuff so, like that. And so you're kind of coming in terms of talking about the Trinity aspect where God and Jesus are the same being, the same entity. Right. And basically saying that that that's man-made. Is that, That's what I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. The, the articulation of that is, I believe, I mean, it's not just me. I think when I look at the Nazian council and I look at Tertullian and I look at mm -hmm. uh, the, the foundation of the word Trinity, Trinitas, Yep. And how it formulated over time. And then you look at the Nazian council and formulated over time. Is he saying, and like I said, I, I'm asking because I don't know. Is he saying that Trinity originally meant something else by, uh, by Tertullian? Cause that can easily be disproven if he's saying that. Cause he's saying it formulated over time. The word Trinity. I, I, I don't know what he means by that. 
Um, like I said, I'm going to be fair. I'm trying to be fair. Um, but I can only make sense of that statement that the word you're saying that the word Trinity developed over time. That's what it sounds like. You know, would be interesting to get more clarification on that. Father D, and then you look at 381 AD, and you look at the you look at how this began to matriculate over time. This wasn't, and I wish that people would just understand it for what it is. That people think I'm just making this up and I'm a heretic, because the word Trinity came after the yes. writings of the Bible. Nobody years, used that word. Years. Of course, no one. That isn't a Trinitarian argument. No one's saying, well, the Trinity is true because you can find the word Trinity on the pages of the uh, scripture in the in the Bible. <laughs> but if you're going to use that argument, uh, Brandon, there are a lot of things you cannot believe. Matter of fact, you cannot believe the Bible itself, because guess what? Nowhere from the Greek and Hebrew is the word Bible. So but clearly the concept of the Bible, that is, it, it is the uh, collective writings of the scriptures is a true concept. No one, no, no one who believes this should deny that <laughs> and say, well, you know, we, we don't believe the Bible. You know, that, that would be absurd. Right. So hopefully we can get off simplistic argumentation such as, well, Trinity isn't in the Bible. No, no Trinitarian is arguing that what they are saying is the concept is. Because if you're going to use things like that, um, the word imputation. Um, isn't in the Bible, but it's a theological concept. The word hypostatic union, which I, I know you would disagree with uh, that one. So, so many theological concepts, inerrancy, um, you know, isn't in the Bible, but it is a theological concept derived from Scripture. Uh, uh, you know about the infallibility of Scripture. So, um, so many theological concepts that I mean, let's be honest, we're we're speaking in English, so none of the to be fair, none of the words that we're speaking are in the Bible. If you want to go that simplistic, since the Bible is written in Greek and uh, Hebrew and a little Aramaic, so Brandon, I, I would I would cause you to uh, to think deeper about these issues. Yep. And then the relationship with, between Jesus being uh, the same as God was formulated i'm um, going same as god meaning that they said jesus is god and the father is both god and god he's going to say something later i just want to that i don't really know if he i don't believe he really has a, a good understanding of the trinity and i'll say that for later but i'm just want to put that out there because he, he, he he's he he corrected himself right there and that's good but later he's going to do something similar uh just just stay tuned for that isn't uh the father alone, God is this, this three person entity. But even in the Nazian council in 325 AD, they didn't have that concept even then. And well, that I, I would, I would deny that, but that wasn't the debate. The debate wasn't over, over the Trinity at the Nicene council. The debate was over the person, person of Jesus Christ. Well, you know, the homoousius, homoousius or heterousius uh, was Jesus uh, the same as a uh, father in substance, uh, similar or different altogether. And so the, the debate wasn't over the Trinity. So see, th this is the danger when reading back controversies of today, back into history, as if <laughs> uh, they're supposed to be arguing about the same things that we're arguing about. Like I said, um, but there's clearly evidence that there are, are Trinitarian concepts. And I'll demonstrate that here in a second, but, the Council of Nicaea wasn't about the Trinity. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect them to be arguing about it. 
381 is when they finally start discussing the involvement of the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't until hundreds, well, not hundreds, it was like 50 years after that, that they started talking about the duality of Jesus and Jesus being 100% man, 100% God. And then they began to go through this process that... I'm, I'm going to read some uh, church history quotes here in a second, but I just want to... Sh- that... I, I don't know how much Brandon has re- done in, in reading in church history. Um, I, I'll recommend some sources. Uh, many people know that I've, I've uh, all, I like to recommend sources. Um, but the, this book right here, it's called Heresies by, uh, let me see, uh, Harold Brown, I believe. Yes, Harold Brown. And it goes into some of the things that the church, early church was uh, discussing, especially, especially Christological uh, heresies and things like that. And so the church have been discussing these things really since <laughs> uh, first century. These things are debated. I'm, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to show that here in a second. What we see today, which was adopted by the Catholic Church and now most Christians in America, this doctrine of the Trinity and the, the little, this God is this, but not yep. this, and these three people. The tough thing you're going to face, and the, the thing is I uh, 100% agree with you as somebody that's a Christian is I'm not going to fight you on that at all because Jesus is on the right hand of God. I firmly believe in their two separate entities. Jesus was the epitome of God in the sense that he had the understanding of the scriptures from the old Testament and understand who he was. That's not what it means to be God in the flesh (laughs) or be the word. Because uh, this gentleman down here is saying, well, yeah, Jesus is God. Uh, he's the word in the sense that he understood who the t- uh, Old Testament scriptures were talking about. That No, in no sense would that make you God or God in the flesh or or, or the word. Uh, who is God? That's not what that means, because if that's the case, any Christian who understands uh, what the Old Testament is ultimately about can be called those things. Clearly, Jesus is unique. Um, and so, no, that's that's not what those passages passages are speaking about. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. I even for myself, I don't I would I don't have this conversation with other Christians because I get the same exact thing. Even oh, when yeah. I taught Bible study, I didn't I didn't when I'd get asked about Trinity, um, I, I would say no, and they just wouldn't want to do the Bible study anymore. Even if you're at like a main mainstream like mega church. Uh, <laughs> I find it odd that, you know, he's kind of like, and I think, uh, you, you know, I'm not going to put brain in this. I'll respond to him. You know, he's, the Trinity is so dangerous. It's so unbiblical. But you know what? I, I don't really talk about it. You know, yeah, hundreds of thousands or millions of people believe this doctrine. And, you know, I wonder if they would say, hey, it, uh, it's it, it's a condemning doctrine. I wonder if they would say it's heresy uh, if, if one believes in it. Um, but this is really just trying to belittle the difference. Uh, you know, we're at a major difference and this separates the faith. So biblically speaking, as and I'll demonstrate that too. I, I got a lot to demonstrate. I know, <laughs> but stand by. Uh, there's a reason why I'm waiting. McLean in, in, in Washington DC or whatever. Um, yeah. It, it, you're, yeah, you're going to have people. I don't, and I don't think there's any, any uh, compromise, man, to be honest with you. We ain't compromise. You, nah. you went back years. And you yeah. I think it's even like, wasn't, didn't it like start from like Calvinism or something like that? Yeah. It, it was. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what he means by that. I, so like I said, I try, I'm trying to be as gracious as I can to both of these gentlemen. 
I don't know if he's saying the Trinity started with Calvinists. I, I, I don't know what he means. That's how it sounds like. But like I said, I'll, I'll be gracious. <laughs> um, I'm probably being a lot more gracious than some of you think they, they deserve. But hey, that's fine. I, I would be more than willing to have a conversation with any, any one of them. Um, but that's what it sounds like he's saying that before Calvinist, there was no concept of the Trinity, which is absurd if that's what he's saying. But I, I, I don't know what else he's saying if that's not what he's saying. It was uh, it, it's very weird, man. And I, and I think that people, uh, you know, you see some people in the conversation right now. Oh, you're wrong. You're heretic. And it's like, you know, it's very weird to me. It's like this is a, this become it has become a, 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 a like a separate God and a separate religion in and of itself. Like, you know, Jesus said, and I just read it. This is eternal life. If they shall know you, the only true God and your son, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. That means that this is this is the most important thing I can say to y'all to understand. And people are like, you're a heretic. And, and the reason I put it is Apostle Paul a heretic because when, I mean, not Paul, but Peter, is when Peter, he asked him, Peter, who do you say that I, who do people say that I am? Not one rumor was out there that Jesus was God or a three-person trinity or something like that. Not, not, not a single rumor was out there. No one. Uh, no one um, believed that Jesus, none of his opponents believed that Jesus is God, uh, was, that Jesus was claiming he was God or that he, he was God. No one, we're told, right? <laughs> Till you open up your Bible. You know, you know these things are, it's, it's, it's interesting to say just when no one's combating these things, but uh, John 10, uh, verse 32 and 33 says, and matter of fact, <clears throat> This is after Jesus says, I and the father are one. Um, and so the Jews going are picking up stones to stone him. <laughs> Matter of fact, again, to stone him. Verse 32 says, Jesus answered him, I've shown you many good works from the father. For which of them are you going to stone me? Verse 33, the Jews answered him. It is not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy. Because you being a man, make yourself God. So it's very clear that they were getting Jesus point. And they were believing that he was saying he was God. So I I don't know <laughs> how he can just flippantly say that. People were making up all kind of stuff that you're John the Baptist, you're Elijah, you're <laughs> one of the prophets, you're you're Jeremiah, and, and like people had. And I think that the the summary of it is that what the apostles were hearing were a summarization of the rumors, and Jesus knew that none of those were true. And he was pointing that out to them, like rhetorically. Well, who do you say that I am? Yep. And then Peter says, I mean, Peter didn't say you're God. He didn't say that you're the second person of the Trinity. You're co-equal, co-eternal. He didn't say. Peter never said Jesus was God is what we were just told. Um, like I said, sounds good. Uh, just saying it um, until you read Peter's writings. Second uh, Peter 1, 1, where he says, Simon, Simon, Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of God and savior, Jesus Christ. Now I know there are some people who uh, want people, people who deny the deity of Christ. Um, a matter of fact, in verse two, he says, well, let, let me just defer one. There's some people who deny that and say, well, he's just saying the righteousness of our God and then our savior, Jesus Christ. But this is what's known as the Granville sharp construction uh, rule in Greek uh, that, that when you have that Kai there, it's it's God and Savior. These are both applying to Jesus Christ because 
Um, verse 11. Now, nobody denies this statement because it doesn't contradict their uh, <laughs> Christology. Uh, verse 11 in the same chapter says, For in this way there will be richly provided you for you an entrance into the internal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Same grammatical construction right there, Lord and Savior. Everybody believes Jesus is Lord and Savior, <laughs> right? Uh, theologically speaking, nobody denies that. But it's the same grammatical uh, sentence we have here as God and Savior. Now, <laughs> what theology allows you to accept one grammatical sentence, Lord and Savior, and to go and deny uh, another God and Savior? But we're told nowhere, nowhere <laughs> did Jesus, uh, did Peter call Jesus God? Well, actually, we do have a place right there, Second Peter one one. If we allow the text to speak for itself, that he said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And then Jesus didn't stop him and say, "Wait, wait, Peter, you know, time out, time out. You you got this wrong." Jesus went on to tell Peter, "Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you." And I think this is where the problem with a lot of Christianity is that they, a lot of people are lying on seminary and all this stuff. He said, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. That, that means that Jesus didn't even reveal that to him. He was explaining to him that the Father in heaven revealed this to you. Not me, not your own understanding. You have a divine understanding that God, the Father, has given you. And then he told Peter, I'm going to build my church on you. And all I say is that I just say what Peter said. And if you do, you, do you say, would you say what Peter says in second Peter one, one, will you call him God and savior? Oh, hey, just say what Peter says. Hey, I agree. Just say what Peter says. Will you call him God and savior? That's a question I have for you. Me a heretic. Then you must be calling Peter a heretic because Peter, Peter believe in the deity of Christ. We just showed it. And then I'll show here in another second, a place where he, he, he uh, places divine attributes onto Jesus Christ. You know, only only attributes that could be placed on uh, the father or God. Uh, he places on Jesus Christ, demonstrating he's God. I'll, I'll give me a second. Never once in the entire Bible said Jesus was God. He we just proved that was not true. Once said that. And I don't even think he believed that. I mean, just based on his actions and all of them being shocked when they saw him alive and Peter denying him three times. You know, if Peter thought he was God, he wouldn't have denied him three times because he know he's God. He know right. they knew he would resurrect because how could God not resurrect? Uh, let, let's let's apply this logic to uh, the father. Well, if the father's God, clearly people wouldn't deny him. Uh, people wouldn't doubt him. You see, when when, when you use a, a standard or a rule that that contradicts your own position, it's you, you probably should drop that argument um, because people denying Jesus, people doubting Jesus, doesn't disprove he's God. I mean, we the Old Testament is filled with men of God actually doubting the Father. So, by his argument, the Father isn't God. I, I don't expect him to be consistent on that point, but. One would have to if they were using that same standard. My, my point is we have to use equal standards in our argumentation. I mean, I think they were really having a personal experience like we do, um, like where we have to have faith and, and they had to have faith. And some of them doubted that Jesus would be would be resurrected. And, um, you know, even Jesus, like they think he, he was just doing all this for nothing when he was tempted by the devil, when he had to fast, when he had to pray. He told the apostles how to pray. He's sitting here, and I'm reading in John, I mean, in uh, yeah, John 17 and 
one through three or three through nine, where he's having a conversation with the father and saying, I've done my part. Now glorify me. I mean, yep. when he told his apostles, I mean, I, I don't get the argumentation there. I, how does any of that prove Jesus is not God? I, I, I Sorry, Brandon, if you're listening, I don't get your point right there. I, I kept it in just so it would be for your argumentation. But I don't I don't I honestly don't get what you're trying to say there. Unless you're saying, well. I, I Like I said, I, I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm trying to think through. I mean, the many arguments I've heard uh, for denial of Jesus being God, but I, I don't get your point right there. I'm sorry. No man know the day or the hour that I'm going to come back except the father in heaven. I don't think he was joking. Yeah, neither do I. In his humanity, yes, Jesus humbled himself. Matter of fact, uh, let me, let's go to the classic, classic text on the humility of Christ. Um, Philippians 2, verse, starting at verse 5, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped. So I often ask people who deny the deity of Christ to explain this verse. And often they say, well, see, he's 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 showing his humility by saying he's not God. Let me let me say this. It is not humility if you're not God to say you're not God. <laughs> that's I mean, that's just the right thing to do. That's just. Yeah, of course, you're not God. Humility. So I'm at, I like in humility something to the manner of this. And like I said, I'm using an earthly example. So here, 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 the heart of what I'm saying, you know, you actually possess an at attribute. So imagine a football player. He's uh, really talented at football. And, they, you know, he's getting everybody's boasting his head up after the game. And he's like, you know what? All credit to my lineman. He's like, oh, he's like, no, you know, I still got a lot. Still got a lot of work to do. That's humility, though. He could brag. Right. He possesses the qualities everybody's uh, boasting in him about. He's redirecting the attention or, you know, he's he's downplaying it, so to speak. So guess what? If Jesus is not God, it's not humility for him to not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> see, you, if you want to see uh, a person who denied the deity of Christ, take them through this text because it really shows some fundamental errors. Verse seven says, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the death point of being obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God, the father, which are old, te old Testament texts <laughs> about Yahweh. But, you know, and they're now applied to Christ. I mean, this really gives some really problematic texts to those who deny the deity of Christ. But I'll let them deal with that, you know. Like, I don't think he was being deceptive. Like, man, I'm just going to tell you this. <laughs> really, you know, and, and I really think he died. Like, like, I think that Jesus had faith that he would be resurrected. And I think he died. And I think everybody saw him die. Okay, he yeah. was dead for three days. Well, Death does no. I, I don't not believe that. I don't believe he was dead for three days. Um, death does not mean. mean uh, I mean, even when we die, 
we're yes, we're dead, but you know, we're alive in another realm or another state. So I don't believe Jesus was like cease existing for three days. Uh, no. People had begun to either forget about him. Some people were, were had the hope that maybe he'll be resurrected, like he said. And, you know, they were having a, a similar experience that we're having today and having faith. And it wasn't some weird, like, secret society or some secret codes. You know, Jesus was a Jew. The Jews adamantly believed in the Shema. Hero Israel, the Lord thy God is one. There's something funny about this. Uh, the Shema. Uh, let's go to a Jew on that. First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter eight, because l- let me just read the text. It says, yet for us, there is one God, the father from whom are all things and um, for whom we exist. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. So what does Paul do here? Matter of fact, um, you know, you can start at verse four where he says there is no God but one. Um, but Jesus, uh, sorry, Paul. Uh, expands the Shema to include Jesus. I mean, <laughs> you know, if, if Jesus isn't God, I would say this is blasphemous to include a, a man. Um, but clearly Jesus um, or Paul believed uh, the deity of Christ. You know, um, he's attributing divine attributes to him. I mean, um, everything that exists comes through uh, Jesus, you know, his hand, so to speak. If Jesus is created being, then he did not create all things because he himself was created. Therefore, there's one thing he did not create. This is a good argument for, uh, you know, I've used against um, Jehovah's Witness, you know, because uh, this is why they have to add in in John one. If you read the Jehovah's uh, translation, witness translation in verses uh, like I I think verses three and four, they have to add Jesus created all other things because they know the argument. But, you know, our, 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 you know, that's not in the text. That's that's the thing. It's not in the Greek manuscripts. Um, but, um, yeah, Jesus created all things. If you believe he created all things, then you have to believe he's eternal. <laughs> I mean, the argument is pretty simple. They never said three or three persons or none of that. They said, Lord, the God was one. And I think that that was the foundational belief. You know, Jesus oh, I, sorry. I forgot to uh, do this earlier, but. <clears throat> He he kind of wants to put the blame on Tertullian that or proprietor Tertullian, which is very early, by the way. Uh, Tertullian is writing in um, he, Tertullian lived from 160 to 215. That's that's very early in the church. So <laughs> um, don't make it seem like he came like 500 years later. But nevertheless, prior to Tertullian, no one really believed in this deity of Christ kind of stuff. Um, let me show that. Uh, false just that you had people believing that jesus is god and man and also yeah people believe in the spirit is god as well uh ignatius of antioch um writing very early um in the church um says we have also a physician the lord our god jesus the christ (laughs) the only begotten son and word before time began but who afterwards became also man so look he's saying he look he's eternal but he came incarnate. So he also became man of Mary, the virgin for the word was made flesh being incorporeal. He was in the body being impassable. He was in passable body being immortal. He was in a mortal body being life. He became subject to corruption 
that he might free our souls from death and corruption and heal them and might restore them to health when they were diseased with ungodliness and wicked lust. I mean, this is just amazing. Early, very early uh, Christological um, con concepts, right, that we that we hold to. I mean, just the, the dual natures of Christ right there being articulated by Ignatius. Um, yeah, I mean... Which were which we were told, you know, um, didn't exist early until you know Tertullian or the Council of Nicaea. Well, you know, uh, another person is uh, uh, Irenaeus, who is uh, who lived from one fifteen to one ninety A.D. Um, he's actually a disciple of Polycarp. Now, Polycarp was a disciple of John. Okay, so very early um, in the flow of. Uh, <laughs> The apostles. Yeah. So let's just say that um, he writes the church, though dispersed throughout the whole world, even to the ends of the earth, has received from the apostles and their disciples this faith. So what is this uh, thing they've received from the apostles and their disciples about the faith that one God, the father almighty maker of heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are in them. And in one uh, Christ Jesus, the son of God, who who became incarnate for our salvation and in the Holy Spirit, who proclaimed throughout the prof through the prophets, the dispensations of God and the advent and the birth from a virgin and the passion, meaning his crucifixion and the resurrection from the dead and the ascension into heaven in the flesh of the beloved Jesus Christ, our Lord and his manifestation from heaven in the glory of the father to gather all things in one. And to raise up anew all flesh of the whole human race. In order that, listen to this, if you fall asleep, listen to this. In order that to Christ Jesus, our Lord, our God, and Savior, and King, according to the will of the invisible Father. Every knee should bow of things in heaven. Guess what? Sounds like um, uh, Philippians 2, right? Yes. <laughs> of things in heaven and things on earth, things under the earth, that every tongue should confess to him that he should execute his judgment, just judgments towards all. Wow. I mean, here's Irenaeus calling Jesus God. Lord, God, Savior, King, all those things. But we're told uh, no one really believed these things till Council of Nicaea or uh, 381. Um, but here we are, second century with these things. So baptized. Like he didn't start his ministry after he was baptized and after the spirit of God descended on him, which was confirmation yep. to the people standing there that this is my son. This is who I have prophesied about. And God understood that man's going to doubt and he needed to prove himself through that idea of prophecy and fulfillment that I'm giving you hundreds of years of different prophecies. And at some moment in time, I'm going to fulfill it. You're not necessarily going to know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to send you somebody that's going to kind of walk you through all those steps. If we we're to put it in layman's terms. And look, he was literally born of a virgin. That part was physical. The only thing that was metaphorical was the aspect of Emmanuel. And that meant God with us. And God literally was with him. Like you said, when he's baptized by John the Baptist at that point, then Jesus is, excuse me, Jesus, God's spirit finally descended upon him. And he was. So he's saying the, you know, Emmanuel with us, God with us. Uh, that part is just to be taken metaphorically. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not that God will actually be with us. It's just that he'll be with Jesus, who will be with us, it really don't make sense when you, you know, start to uh, try to flesh that out. But, hey, that's not my position. It's his.
word in flesh. He was literally the Old Testament. At no point does Jesus... That is not what it means to be the word in flesh. <laughs> if he's the Old Testament? How does that even make sense? That he, Jesus is the Old Testament? Um, let, let's, let's look at what the uh, word is. Uh, John 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. So the word had fellowship with God, that is the Father. And the word was God, so he himself is God. He was in the beginning with God. God, sorry, excuse me. And so verse 14 is, the, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Uh, a, a verse I really liked, uh, verse 18. Uh, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the father's side has made him known. <laughs> so here you have it. This is why you have to distinguish uh, in this text uh, the view of God where, where it's either talking about the father or the son, because you'll make mince, you'll make mince, mince me out of this text. Uh, just following through John. Because he just switches without, you know, ever telling you oftentimes who he's talking about. Um, but we're we're the we're told that you know the word word just means the old testament and the old testament became flesh that it, it, it doesn't make it doesn't even make sense <laughs> how how is the old testament become flesh like the scrolls like what do you what, like i said I, I don't get it i would love to engage more with this but it, it doesn't make sense does his name even appear anywhere in the old testament and I don't, I'd go as far as to say, I mean, there's different versions nowadays, but. Well, he's saying uh, the Old Testament doesn't even say Jesus name once. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the name in that sense is a New Testament revelation, but you've already talked about Emmanuel. And so Jesus is very uh, uh, preeminent, um, the main subject of the Old Testament, if you understand types and shadows. And so, Okay. Even in the New Testament, I don't think you'll be able to find Jesus saying, I am God, anywhere. I think the closest you can get is Revelation 1, where he says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. But even that, even if you look at the red portion of writing, I mean, that was done by man. Oh, well, <laughs> he seems to uh, say, well, yeah, that's a very clear verse saying Jesus is God, right? Because that's clearly talking about Yahweh in the Old Testament being the Alpha and Omega. But uh, man wrote that because it's in red letters. <laughs> So you you can't even allow Jesus' own words to engage because you dismiss it. Because but it seems because it seems like he's saying yeah that's a clear indication that Jesus is saying he's God. Um. So that's very strange. But but I, I'm sure he'll deny this too because it's probably red letter red letters in uh, some Bible he probably the KJV he reads from or something like that. But um, <clears throat> John eight twenty four I told you that you would die in your sins. Matter of fact, let me start at verse 22. Uh, so the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says where I'm going? You cannot. Verse 23, he said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are above this world. I am not of this world. So Jesus is literally saying my origin does not stem from like you. My origin is is heavenly. I mean, just huge statements right there. Verse 24. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am. That I am he, you will die in your sin. So ego I me, right? That's clearly what he's talking about. And just in case you're doubting, well, he's just saying I am. Like I, I am the one who has come, like, or something, something silly. Um, he, he repeats this. Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. 
So he really just goes to say, but hey, I, I, I am eternal. And guess what? The Jews knew exactly what he's talking about. You know why? Verse 59 is the reason. They picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. If, if Jesus was not saying he was God, God he, he, guys, relax. <laughs> Drop those stones. Please. I'm not God. <laughs> if, if he was not God, he would clearly articulate his point a little better if he didn't believe he was God. But he didn't he didn't stop him because clearly he was. I mean, that's the reason why they crucified him. I mean, the Jews crucified him because they. They, the, the main theme is you being a man, make yourself God. So it's tough to kind of make that connection of that Jesus is God, literally. Oh, and by the way, there's many more. That's just one I, I put forth. But he is God in the flesh in the sense of he is the fulfillment of God's word. And God's word is him. And people are like, well, how does that make sense? And I say, look, if you don't, if you never got to meet somebody ever. It, it doesn't make sense because being the fulfillment of God's word doesn't mean you get to call yourself God. I mean, John the Baptist is a fulfillment of uh, Malachi uh, prophecy. A, a lot of prophecies are written about, uh, <laughs> you know, many things uh, that man fulfilled. It doesn't mean they're God. And the only way they can communicate with you is through writing in a journal. That's the only way you get to know them is through that writing in that journal. We are literally looking at God's journal. And then if you were the messenger saying, look, this is what somebody told me. This is that person. You'd be like that person in flesh. You're going, hey, this is how they feel. This is their emotion. No. <laughs> if I stand up and start reading uh, a b scripture about to someone who's never heard, it, it doesn't make me God. If they called me God, that would be blasphemy. <laughs> like I said, th this is what people who deny the deity of Christ. These are their arguments they are left with. I just want you, want you guys to see them. You know, if you're like, man, I really don't. How do this is the best, some of the best of what, you know, you know, uh, maybe your non-scholastic uh, people who deny the deity of Christ have to offer. This is the mistakes they screwed up on in the past, and this is what we're going to do in the future as well. But it's repeating itself over again, where you got people trying to interpret Revelation, which Revelation 22 says you don't do. Do not add or subtract to this book. Uh, <laughs> that's very strange interpretation. Revel that's not saying to not interpret revelation you have to interpret everything what it's saying is don't add to kind of like <laughs> what you did <laughs> you know you, anyways uh that's oh boy or you'll receive the plagues in this book i think we're seeing this again today where people are manipulating adding subtracting in the scripture where we're supposed to just look at this darn thing read it make sense of it hopefully through prayer and understanding but i couldn't agree with you more of the, the manipulation that's going on in some of these places. Oh, I got a lot. It's a lot more. There's a lot more. I've got a whole paper over here, man. I got 20 scriptures where, you know, uh, Jesus is, you know, there's one mediator between man and God. The man. Oh, no, we're done. <laughs> uh, yes. If you really understand what a mediator is, it's one who stands as a representative of both parties. Uh, why can't he mediate for man? Well, because he is a man. Why can't he mediate for God? Because he is God. He's the God man. You're not a real mediator if you don't really represent one of the parties. You, you, have you ever thought of that? I, I would ask you to give more consideration to that verse because that verse actually teaches the deity of Christ. Christ Jesus. You know, it's like a whole bunch of scriptures that are saying and telling us that like, Jesus was anointed by God and, and God gave him authority to forgive sin. Think about that.
One, God doesn't give authority for a man to forgive someone's sins on his behalf. Let's 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 make that clear. The Bible clearly teaches that only God can forgive sins. But here you have Jesus forgiving sins. Clearly, uh, like I said, the verses he brought up are clear demonstrations of the deity of Christ. To raise people from the dead, the words that he spoke was the words of God, was the Father in heaven speaking through him. He said it was not, none that he did, was, or nothing he said was his own words, but the Father who put the words in him. So people would believe that this is God with us. And I believe that. I understand why Jesus is called Emmanuel. It doesn't mean that the Father is actually Jesus. It, it means... Notice I said he was going to make a little slip earlier. That's not the Trinity. That's modalism. I do not believe that Jesus is the Father or that the Father is Jesus. So, like I said, that, that's why I would, I would implore you, uh, Brandon, if you would, if you would like... Um, if you see me as someone who, hey, man, he's a he seems like a cool guy to just have a conversation with. I think a lot of my uh, followers, why the, why the reason why they subscribe to me is because you, you, you're not going to get some just uh, <laughs> off the cusp, uh, you know, explode on you just for, you know, for views. Like, I, I, I truly like to talk about this stuff, but that's not the Trinity, what you just uh, described. Uh, I, I don't believe that. I, I know many people do not believe that. Matter of fact, we believe that's a heretical uh, view of Christ. Um, but it, it begs the question, too, uh, what do you believe about the son? Is he just a man? Do you believe he's a man, but he's an exalted man? Um, is he similar to the like? I, I don't know what you believe about uh, Jesus as far as his nature. Are we just like him? There's no really difference. Him just being like a greater man than us. I, I don't know what you believe. I'd be interested to, to, to know. The father was speaking through Jesus. Right. So the authority, the words, the testimony, the scripture, the memory, I mean, anything, the, 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 prop, the prophetic, all these things were working through Christ and people. And that's what I think Thomas saw. When Thomas... Guys, watch watch this. If, if you ever deal with Islam, you know what's coming. <laughs> realized yep. that Jesus had actually resurrected because clearly he didn't believe it. And, you know, at this point, Thomas didn't think he was God, you know, but when Tom he again, he's using this whole world since he doubted, he didn't believe he was God. But th that was actually a condemnation on him. Don't go to Thomas for the blueprint on <laughs> uh, doubting. You know, it's, it's, you don't want to emulate Thomas right there. Saw him and he was proven. He I think, and this is my opinion based on what I read and in the totality of the scripture that he was glorifying uh god when he saw christ and instead my lord and my god like i would agree but somehow i think we mean two different things <laughs> uh what he's trying to use is the argumentation that's primarily put forth by muslims that my lord my god you know like he's talking to jesus when he says my lord but when he's talking when he says my god he's talking to the father grammatically that's that's the impossibility you you can only get that through the hand motions that i just did um again it has the kai my lord and my god um, indicating he's still he's talking about Jesus um, or talking to Jesus uh, clearly so grammatically you can't make up this you can't get that interpretation he just gave you know but I, I would be interested in him defending it if that's what he wants to do I, I, I'm, I'm glorifying God that you have done such a miracle you know I, that's how I see it you know and some people pick that one scripture and say, look, he's saying Jesus is God. It's like, 
you know, he would be the only person in the entire Bible that says that. So <laughs> the only well, we, we've already shown how that's uh that's not true. But the, the only person. Right. Uh, I mean, Colossians 2, 9, the fullness of deity, fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Um, you know, I mean, th- there's so many texts that we we've we've gone through that that shows uh, the deity of Christ. Um, uh, you know, uh, just just some more for Peter, because he says Peter didn't believe he was God. Verse 69, we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Um, like I said, clearly an Old Testament reference. So, I mean, there's there's so many passages that speak about the deity of Christ. I mean, matter of fact, if you're watching this video right now, drop some deity of Christ verses in there. So <laughs> let's get some deity of Christ verses because there's so many I could I could literally we, we could do weeks talking about the references from the old testament that jesus applies to himself that the apostles apply to himself um i'm thinking of passages like hebrews 1 you know uh, quoting from what is it a uh, psalm i can't remember the reference right now but go to hebrews 1 you'll 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 clearly know what i'm saying like i said uh, I've, I've heard the arguments watch people just do backflips trying to get around this text you have to put reasonable context there and say do you really believe that only one person ever in the entire scripture mentioned that Jesus was God and it happened to be Thomas who doubted him? No, <laughs> I, I, I believe uh, every biblical writer uh, believed that Jesus was God and many taught he was uh, God in their writings. And so, man, uh, like I said, I wanted to do this because Brandon Tatum is someone I respect theologically. Oh, sorry. <laughs> politically. Uh, socially, when it comes to his uh, politics, uh, we we would probably agree. Like I said, I don't know all his political views, but for the most part, from what I've heard, we would be in line with 90 percent. I'll say that just because I don't know everything he believes, but 90 uh, percent would probably be in agreement. Uh, but theologically, I, like I said, I, I, I think we have to do more than just be conservative. Um, we have to be Christian and get our uh, cues from Scripture. Like I said, um, if he'd be willing to talk about it, I'd be more than willing um, if you guys would want it to happen, hey, send him this video. Maybe if everybody sends him this video, he'll be like, OK, uh, I'd be interested in doing it. But um, if you're watching this video, make sure you give it a like, subscribe to the channel, show your boy love, hit the notification bell so you can be aware of when I'm dropping episodes, you'll get a notification. Guys, I'm coming up on 5000 subscribers. When I hit 5K, I'm going to do a special live uh, Q&A. Uh, and go, yeah, I'll go live and, uh, we'll celebrate, celebrate, uh, 5,000, man. I remember when I was having like 112, uh, subscribers and <laughs> it was like my mom watching my videos, you know, and that was it. <laughs> and so for me, I mean, 5,000 is nothing, but Hey, it's, it's something I never thought I would have gotten here. So I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys continue support. Make sure you like this video. Keep supporting, man. I love to uh, interact with you guys some more in the comments. You guys know how we do it here at All Things Theology. Till the next time, grace and peace. Happy